You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, a cohort of older adult musicians reunite after a year and a half of virtual rehearsals. There is something really special about playing music together. And tucked away in the city of Rochester is one of North America's oldest forests. Oh my gosh, Uh, you feel right that you're way out in the forest. It's so quiet and peaceful. Plus, the iconic voice behind Old Man River, William Warfield, is honored with a statue in his hometown. You know, he was just, his musicianship, his musicality is just almost unparalleled, really. All that from your local news podcast, Earshot. Support for Earshot from WXXI News is provided by Rock Vox Recording and Production, presenting Legacy Cast, audio and video recordings of loved ones telling their stories for posterity. Produced in a full service studio located in Bushnell's Basin. More at ROCVOX.com. One of the hardest things about the last year and a half of isolation, for musicians anyway, has been that they couldn't get together to practice and play. New Horizons is an Eastman Community Music School program. They had even more complications. Their musicians are older adults, some of them novices to the material, and some needing help navigating the rehearsal programs. But finally, they're back together, and just in time to celebrate New Horizons' 30th anniversary. My colleague April Franklin has this story. One, two, three, and... After 18 months of remote rehearsals, the New Horizons musicians are together again at First Unitarian Church for an in-person session. They're fixated on the conductor, but you can feel the energy as they play. They're happy to be back. You can rehearse and practice at home, and that can be lovely. But when we come together, there's just sort of a... I don't know what it is. We're in it together. We're playing. There is something really special about playing music together. That's Sue Ames, a clarinet player and longtime New Horizons member. She says the members enjoy playing together, but what people find most valuable are the relationships. Roy Ernst is the founder of the program. He agrees. When people get involved in a musical group like a New Horizons program, they have a whole new social life a whole new group of friends. These programs are like families. Ernst is a former Eastman professor. He started the New Horizons program in 1991. He created the program specifically for retired people with very little or no musical experience. I was seeing friends of my parents talk mostly about the past, and I was thinking about how a music program could be so great for them. Spreading the message like a musical gospel, Ernst used the Rochester program as a model to start similar programs across the country. Today, there are programs in 40 states and several countries. Ernst has never stopped teaching. The 83-year-old is a part of a program in Florida where he now lives. Although I'm very happy with what it has become, I couldn't have envisioned that it would become all of this. It's still a small percentage of what it could become. Technology has helped sustain New Horizons during the COVID-19 pandemic, but it has also presented a new challenge for members 
many of whom are in their 80s and 90s. For 18 months, family members and student mentors assisted members with navigating Zoom and operating a music program on their computers for rehearsals. Director Larry Neek says in the beginning, it was a struggle. We couldn't hear what the, band, what the band was playing. We could watch them and see if they were following along, but it was very difficult to rehearse. Neek says they were unsure when the Rochester group would return to in-person rehearsals, but with guidance from the University of Rochester, they were permitted to do so in September. To come back, the 170 members have to be vaccinated and wear masks. Even with those precautions in place, Neek is hyper-aware of the risk for his students who fall into a demographic that is vulnerable to the coronavirus. The musicians have returned in person just in time to celebrate the program's 30 years of musical fellowship, as well as the 100th anniversary for the Eastman School of Music. Neek says he's happy his students sound so good after a year and a half of being apart, but he's not surprised. These are people that were so successful in their career lives, you know, doctors, lawyers, teachers. You know, now that they've retired from their careers, they've chosen to devote themselves to something that they love, something that's a real challenge for them, because they're not probably not as successful at music as they were at whatever they were doing. Neek has composed a special piece for the band that will be played at New Horizons' 30th anniversary performance in October. Trumpet player Mike Doolin says he's excited for the performance. He says coming back is like riding a bike. And, and nobody is ever going to recruit us for RPO, you know. <laughs> but we're all having a really good time. We're, and, and we're picking up where we left off probably decades ago. April Franklin is a reporter with WXXI News. Hi, this is Megan Mack from WXXI, and if you're enjoying Earshot, subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. Catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson wherever you find your podcasts. Tucked away in the city of Rochester is a small forest. Some neighbors call it a natural sanctuary or a woodsy cathedral. Its newest title is one of the few remaining old-growth forests in North America. My colleague Noelle Evans has this story. Washington Grove sits near a bus route, but at the center of this 26-acre woodland, with a landscape marked by valleys and hills formed 10,000 years ago by glacial movement, you could easily forget you're in a city. Lee Singbush thinks so anyway. He lives just down the street near Cobbs Hill Park. Oh my gosh, uh, you feel right that you're way out in the forest. It's so quiet and peaceful. There's, there's nothing like it in Rochester and most cities don't have this. So we're, we're very blessed to have this right nearby. The Grove was inducted into the Old Growth Forest Network. The network is a national nonprofit that works to preserve woodlands like this one and protect them from development and logging. That's something that 11-year-old neighbor Max Muller can appreciate. This forest used to be even bigger because in Rochester, these homes weren't here until like later, I don't know, and the forest would expand. So I like that there's not going to be chopping down trees and stuff. Max is right. 
Some houses here were built in the early 1900s. The national designation of these woods stems from efforts by a group of volunteers called the Friends of Washington Grove. The group has been stewarding these woods for years and advocating for its conservation. Andrew Seeger is the president. Very few old-growth forests exist within city boundaries. And so uh, it's, it's, it's just wonderful to, to have it recognized. Preserving these 20-plus acres does more than protect a habitat for the animals and plants that live here. The U.S. Department of Agriculture says that urban forests also filter air and water pollution and improve medical outcomes for the elderly and for people with mental health conditions. And according to the EPA, city green spaces like forests can help cool the environment, which can counter the effects of urban heat islands, where the temperature is higher due to little shade and an abundance of things like concrete and asphalt, which trap heat. I am reading Suzanne Samard's book right now. Okay. Um, who's the woman who discovered Sarah Rub Greco with the Old Growth Forest Network says woodland like this with trees that are 250 years old, has tremendous value, something that housing stock can't beat. We're making discoveries about old forests right now. So if we cut them all down, we don't get them back once we cut them down. Yes, forests will regrow, but they don't regrow the same way. The difference between an old forest and one that has grown back after being cut down is found under the soil. It's called the mycorrhizal network, fungi that connect one tree's roots to another's. Through this system, nutrients can pass from tree to tree. And if one tree dies, Rob Greco says it can send out nutrients in a final gasp. These, these remaining old forests are incredibly important for science. We can't understand what's happening if there's no forest left. Washington Grove joins 140 other old-growth forests across the country in a network that Rob Greco says is still growing. Noelle Evans is a reporter for WXXI News. And finally, a new sculpture was added to downtown Rochester, a bronze bust of the legendary singer and actor William Warfield. Warfield grew up in Rochester and graduated from Eastman, and his life and legacy inspired one local artist to immortalize him. My colleague Mona Segatola Salami has this story. Even more than his name, William Warfield's voice is known throughout the world. Warfield grew up in Rochester in the 1920s and 30s. By the time he graduated from the Eastman School of Music, he was serving in the U.S. Army during the Second World War. He rose to fame in TV and movies as well as on stage and in recordings, even as segregation kept him from some opportunities, both in the Army and as an opera singer. Warfield's strength and resolve to make his musical mark despite these obstacles that spoke to artist Sean Dunwoody, who designed the bust that has just been installed near the Eastman School in downtown Rochester. When I looked at him, I saw the determination and focus, and that's what I tried to draw from. This new artwork was a collaboration that included the City of Rochester, the Eastman School of Music, and RIT, 
where the bronze casting was overseen by Elizabeth Cronfield. William Warfield's nephew, Thomas Warfield, is also a performing artist and a champion of his uncle's legacy, including through the William Warfield Scholarship Fund, which supports young African-American singers studying classical music. They're also a partner in this project. He was a very, very giving, caring human being, an extraordinary musician. You know, he was just, his musicianship, his musicality, his phrasing, especially of German leader, is just almost unparalleled, really. Thomas also remembers his uncle's wry sense of humor, which Dunwoody says you may see in the bronze bust installed now in the Miller Center courtyard near the Eastman School. And also giving a little bit of a smirk that regardless of how you may treat me, I still persevere and I still stand tall. Mona Segatola-Slami is an announcer and producer for WXXI Classical. This story was produced with Arts and Life editor Jeff Spivak. And that's it for Earshot. As always, drop us a line at earshot at wxxi.org and tell us what you're thinking. Subscribe to the pod, leave us a review, and tell your friends about us. Find more news on our website, wxxinews.org. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.